Welcome to Trinity Sermons. Thanks for joining us today here at Trinity Church Streetsville as we journey together to love Jesus, live like Jesus, and lead others to Jesus. Now this is episode five of our fourth sermon from our sermon series we're calling Live in the Dream, and we are excited to have Rob Herkmans with us again today. In today's message, Rob will be continuing our journey through the life of Joseph, and is going to be talking about the dream job that Joseph lands and how we can learn to approach our work like Joseph did. Definitely a relevant and relatable talk today, and you don't want to miss it. Now, just before we get started, please make sure to follow our podcast so that we can better reach even more people with the good news. God bless. Our reading today is from the book of Genesis, chapter 41, verses 39 to 57. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command. And people shouted before him, Make way! Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. But without your word, no one will lift hand or foot in all Egypt. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Zephanath-Paniah and gave him Asnath, daughter of Potipharia, priest of On, to be his wife. And Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt. During the seven years of abundance, the land produced plentifully. Joseph collected all the food produced in those seven years of abundance in Egypt and stored it in his cities. In each city, he put the food grown in the fields surrounding it. Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain, like the sand of the sea. It was so much that he stopped keeping records because it was beyond measure. Before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph and Asnath, daughter of Potipharia, priest of On. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, It is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. The second son named Ephraim and said, It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. The seven years of abundance in Egypt came to an end, and the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had said. There was famine in all the other lands, but in the whole land of Egypt there was food. When all Egypt began to feel the famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for food. Then Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, go to Joseph and do what he tells you. When the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened all his storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians. For the famine was severe throughout Egypt, and the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph, because the famine was severe everywhere. This is the word of the Lord. 
Well, according to statistics, the average worker will hold between 10 and 12 different jobs throughout their lifetime, which is to say that the job that you work in won't necessarily be a job that ends up working out. And I can attest to this because, you know, before I received my dream job of working here at Trinity Streetsville, I went through my share of day jobs. I'd like to share a few of those day jobs with you now. And just to warn you, there's a a few dad jokes that are about to come at you. Uh, So, for example, I uh, wanted to be a photographer, but nothing really developed. (laughs) Yeah, I I went into telemarketing, but it wasn't my calling. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, uh, I thought about being a barber, but I just couldn't cut it. That's right. And, uh, you know, I, I lost my job as a psychic. I, I just didn't see that coming. <laughs> and uh, actually, uh, there was a time when I, I worked as a baker because I really needed the dough. I really needed the dough. But enough about that. Enough. Ugh, get that. Spit that out. Get that out of your mouth. Those horrible jokes. What about you? What is your dream job? If you go to Indeed.com, Canada's premier job search website, you can find some of the hot jobs, some of the dream jobs that everybody wants. I want you to take a moment and, and, and turn to the person beside you and, and d- d- just discuss which of these eight jobs is for you like would be a dream job. I'll give you just 15 seconds. Ready, set, go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. All right. I'm just curious to know. Let's take a little quick show of hands. How many of you said pro athlete? Oh, how many said actor, musician, pilot, mm, zookeeper, video game tester? No, <laughs> fashion model. There they are. <laughs> Anglican priest. Yes, thank you. All right, we'll talk after the service. Uh, Hey, listen, um, most of us are actually happy just to have a job, and we don't often have the luxury of thinking about what our dream job might be. But maybe that's not true, because it actually depends on how you define a dream job. You know, if you define a dream job as some job that fulfills all of your dreams, then yes, that might be pretty hard to achieve. But if you define a dream job as any job that furthers God's dream, now that's a different kind of dream job. That that is a dream job, but that's a different kind of dream job. Uh, I want to suggest to you that that's the way we need to think about our dream jobs, right? Uh, Desmond Tutu uh, once wrote a little book. The book was called God Has a Dream. I don't know if you guys knew that, that God has a dream for the world. God has a dream, uh, but but he does. And if you read in this book, this is what Tutu says. He says, And now my clicker has stopped working for some reason. Uh, I want to show you this quote because it's a really good quote about God's dream. God calls on us to be his partners, to work for a new kind of society where people matter more than things, where human life is revered, where no one will suffer from hunger, from ignorance, from disease, where there will be more gentleness, more caring, more sharing, more compassion, more laughter, where there is peace and not war. God has a dream. 
And that's what God's dream looks like. And I want to suggest to you that whatever your job may be, if it in even a little way helps further this, God's dream, then you do have a dream job. Not because it fulfills all of your dreams necessarily, but because it furthers God's dream in the world. So we're in the middle of a teaching series, which is called Living the Dream, and we've been looking at the life of Joseph. And today in our story, Joseph gets his dream job. And you would say, oh, I know why it's a dream job for Joseph, because he's surely going to be rich. It's a well-paying job, and he's very powerful. And sure, there's a sense in which you might say that's what makes it a dream job. But I want to suggest to you today, what really makes Joseph's job a dream job is not because it fulfills all of his dreams, but again, it's because Joseph is going to use that job to further God's dream, not his own. But before we go any further, it's probably helpful just to stop and acknowledge that sitting here today, there's probably people in all sorts of different places when it comes to jobs. Some of you may have a job and you absolutely love your job. Way to go. That's fantastic. Others of you may have a job and you, you endure it. It's, it's not great, but, but you endure your job. And others of you maybe just hate your job. And we're sorry to hear that. There are others here who don't have a job and really wish they did. And then there's some of us here who've retired from our jobs, and we really need to get an, another one. Um, and, and, then, and then there are some of us here who are studying for a job. You're in high school, you're in college, you're in, you're in university, and you're looking ahead to the job that you, you want to have. Maybe you want to have a dream job one day. Well, whatever your job, if we look closely at today's reading, uh, we're going to see that Joseph's job is actually not all that different from your job or mine. Our day jobs... Whatever they are can become dream jobs when we work them toward God's dream. And to show you all this, we're going to let Joseph kind of be our job coach today. We're going to look at Joseph's job and see what we can learn from it. Namely, we're going to kind of go through these things. What was Joseph's employment? What was his job? Right? Secondly, what kind of education did Joseph have uh, in order that qualified him for that job? Thirdly, what were the experiences that Joseph had that readied him for the job? Fourthly, what was Joseph's first day on the job like, his entrance into that job? And then fifthly, what were the job expectations, the, the job description that came along with Joseph's job? I want to say to you that we're going to find out we have a lot more in common with Joseph than you might first think. Let's start first with Joseph's employment. What was Joseph's job? I mean, if you go to indeed.com and you want to look for a certain job, you got to start by typing in the position you're interested in. I'm interested in a psychologist. Uh, or a chef, or, uh, you know, uh, I want to be a firefighter, or I am a firefighter, I'm looking for a job, I'm an Anglican priest, I'm looking for a job, click, oh, there's no jobs there, isn't that interesting? We're looking for a certain position, right? Well, the title of Joseph's job, what is it? It's not exactly told to us in the text, but we can kind of put it together. We read that the Pharaoh says that all my people are going to submit to your orders, Joseph, and only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. And then later on, he goes on to refer to Joseph as his second in command. So for this reason, many Bibles and theologians translate Joseph's job as this, a minister. He is a cabinet minister, maybe. He is the minister of agriculture, or maybe he's even the prime minister, right? He is Joseph Trudeau, right? I, I though, do not believe that it is an accident that Joseph's job is best understood as minister. Because he wasn't just a, a politician. He wasn't just an administrator. He was a minister in the truest sense of the word. Do you know what a minister is? 
And don't look at me and say, oh, there's a minister. That's not how it works, as we're going to see. The noun, the noun minister, means any agent working on behalf of another. So anytime you're working on behalf of somebody else. And minister as a verb means to serve, to serve the needs of someone else. So Joseph was a minister because he was acting on behalf of Pharaoh. He was acting on behalf of God. That makes him a minister. And he was a minister because he was serving the needs of the people, the people of Egypt in particular. That makes Joseph a minister. Joseph's employment was a minister. Joseph's work is ministry. And I want to say to you that whatever job position you have or whatever job position you are pursuing, with God, a job is never just a job. With God, you're never just a worker. You're a minister. With God, your job is a ministry. So when you apply for that job as a psychologist, you're actually applying to be a minister because you're applying to help people, right? To serve them. When you apply as a teacher, you're, you're a minister because you're, you're applying to care for people. If you apply as a chef, you're a minister. You're also, you're applying for a job that is meant to serve other people. Whatever job it is you're studying for, whatever job it is you are working in, that job is a ministry and you are a minister. If you can think about it, that you are working actually on behalf of God and serving the needs of the people around you. So I'm to do something we don't normally do here in Trinity, but I'm going to get to say something out loud together. On the count of three, I'd like to get all of you to say, I'm a minister. Okay? Are you ready? One, two, three. I'm a minister. I mean, one of the One of the biggest problems in the church is that we have this very narrow definition of what a minister is. We have this very narrow idea of what ministry is. In in history, the church has been kind of bad at this and saying, oh, there are certain jobs that are really holy. And then there are these other jobs that that, uh, that aren't, of course, as holy. And, And the best job of all, of course, is being an Anglican priest. That's the very best job that the church has set. But my goodness, how wrong that is. Because if you go back to the 16th century, Go back to some of those reformers like Luther and Calvin, and they railed against this, and they said, no, 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 all work, all work, even so-called secular work is as much a calling from God as the monk or the priest's calling. The Bible's clear. Every person can be a priest. Every member can be a minister. And the scriptures say, if, if a minister speaks, they should do, no, no, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If, a, if the priest serves, then no. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength that God provides. So when we reimagine our employment as ministers, then our jobs become ministry. Our jobs become a place to do God's work, not just the company's work. Right? And to pursue God's dream, not just our dream. So that's what we learned from Joseph's employment, first and foremost. He wasn't just a master of many people. He was a minister to many people. Okay, but secondly, we've got to look now at Joseph's education. I mean, if you're applying for a job, good grief, you've got to have the right education. Some of you are in school right now, and you're studying, and you're paying big bucks to get the right degree because you know that if you want to get the job, you've got to have the right kind of education. No one's going to hire you if you don't have the education. So 
Joseph, too, didn't just enter into his employment without some education. Can you imagine if God had just picked a 17-year-old shepherd boy up and transported him into the throne room of Egypt and put him as second in charge of all the land? That would have been a complete disaster. No, actually, Joseph was educated over time for this job. But he didn't get an MBA from the University of Egypt, and he didn't get a commerce degree from, you know, the Alexandria School of Business. No, Joseph trained slowly as God gave him more and more responsibility. And here's what I mean, right? Before Joseph was given all the power in Egypt, he started off as like a slave, as a servant, working in Potiphar's house, a slave, just purchased to do menial work, but Joseph made the most of it. He was faithful in that work, so much so that after doing that for a while, his boss saw his potential and said, wow, Joseph, you are, I see what you're doing. I like what I see. I am going to give you a promotion. Joseph gets promoted to a higher place. Uh, Even when Joseph got sent to prison, you might think, oh, that's the end of it for Joseph, but no, he was faithful in prison. He worked away in prison. Even the prison official, the chief jailer said, gosh, I like what this guy's doing. I like how he's working. I want to give you a promotion. Pretty soon, Joseph Joseph is in charge of, of the whole prison. Now, if I were you and you were applying for a job, I would not put head prisoner or head slave on your resume. That's probably not going to help. But but the point is, little by little and bit by bit, what is God doing? He is training Joseph. Joseph is learning. He's gaining more responsibility. He's gaining more insight into administration, into finance, into politics, into diplomacy, until eventually the day comes where Pharaoh says to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. So if you're here today and you're pursuing your dream job or you're studying for your dream job, I think the lesson is clear. Start where you are with what you have. To all the college and university students out there that might be watching or listening, you know, you're thinking about a dream job, you're thinking about the success that you're going to have and the money you're going to make, but remember Joseph, be patient, be faithful. Don't look for shortcuts to success. Instead, Take a look at what God has put into your hand right now. Take a look at the opportunity God has given you right now. Whatever Joseph's job was, wherever he was working, he did whatever God gave him to do with his whole heart, and he rose to the top. And I wonder if that's what Jesus was thinking when he said this line back in Luke's gospel. Jesus said, he who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. We may not have a dream job. We may not have all the fame or the reputation or the success like Joseph, but we can be faithful with what God has given us, with what God is teaching us and training us and promoting us to do one day, little by little. So that was Joseph's education But of course, education on a resume is never enough. You also have to have some experience, right? Employers don't want to just see all your degrees and all the letters after your name. They want to know what kind of experience you bring to this position. Well, what kind of experience did Joseph bring to his position? Well, I got to tell you, they weren't very nice experiences. He was uh, thrown into a pit and left to die. That's an experience. He was chained to a wagon and carted off to Egypt. That's an experience. He was accused falsely and slandered by Potiphar's wife. 
Ruined his name, that's an experience. He was thrown in jail and forgotten, there's an experience for you. I'm sure there were many times when Joseph just looked up to heaven and said, why God? Why are you putting me through all these horrible experiences? And the answer that I think we can get in retrospect is that these experiences were all part of the training. They were all part of of helping to form Joseph into the person that he needed to be for the job that God had in mind for him. Madame Goyon wrote, she said, it is the fire of suffering that brings forth the gold of godliness. You see, often we look at the painful experiences of our lives and we assume that it means that we are moving further and further away from God's dream for our life. But God never wastes an experience in your life, a good one or a bad one. He will use those experiences to draw you closer to him and closer to that dream. In fact, some say, some say that your greatest ministry will likely come out of your greatest hurt. And that the, 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 the greatest resentments and the greatest regrets of your lives are actually preparing you for the greatest work of your lives. So when we encounter a problem, when we encounter a setback, it's natural to ask, why God? Why are you putting me through these experiences? But can we also ask the other question, what God? God, what do you want me to learn from this experience? How are you shaping me in this? Because for Joseph, there was a purpose behind every problem and every pain. And so we see finally now that Joseph, who was, had his employment, he was a minister, he was educated, and he now had the experience, and that means he can begin this great job, this great job. And uh, uh, Joseph enters into this job. On day one, we see quite a ceremony happening. In fact, most offices, most new jobs, when you start, there's a little ceremony that happens. You kind of come on in, and all the people greet you and your staff members. There's coffee. There's Timbits that day. You're handed a bunch of paperwork to fill out. You get your key card. You get your laptop. Here's the keys to the company car. You know, I'm, st- I'm still waiting for the keys. <laughs> to the company car, actually. I'll have to check into that one. You know, but you're given everything. You're given everything that you, you need. When Joseph entered his ministry, there was a, a great ceremony too, right? Pharaoh sitting on this ivory throne, dressed in robes. Joseph is given a signet ring. It's a sign of, of uh, authority. He's given a chain around his neck. It's a symbol of dignity. He's given robes. He's, he's given the keys to the company chariot. And, and there's a great big announcement. Make way for Joseph. Make way, right? He, he's even given a new name. His name is changed from Joseph to Zaphnath Paneah which translated means something savior of the world, right? But there's, there's more. Not only is Joseph given these tokens, he's also given a new family. He's given a wife. And later on, he's, he's given children. Everything he needs is provided for him. And all of it comes as he begins this new role. Now, do you know that in the church, we also have this special ceremony where people are given their new ministry, where people are welcomed in and they are provided with everything that they need. We call it baptism. And there's no thrones and there's no robes and there's no rings, but there's water and there's fire. And there is an announcement. I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, right? Let your light so shine before others that they see your good works and they glorify your Father in heaven. 
right? That's how we begin the work God has for us. Baptism is day one, your first day on the job as a minister of Jesus Christ. So yeah, baptism is an entrance into the people of God, but don't forget, baptism is also your entrance into the employment of God, into the mission that God has. That means if you are baptized, if you're baptized, then you and me are called to ministry. Just as, just as Joseph was given Pharaoh's authority in baptism, we are given Jesus' authority. And, and just as Joseph was given a family in baptism, we are given a new family, right? This church, right? Just as Joseph was given a new name in baptism, we are given a new identity. And just as Joseph was provided for, we too are provided for. We receive the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gives us everything we need for the work that God calls us to do. I have to say that sometimes as, as followers of Jesus, we forget this and, um, and sometimes we get nervous. You know, maybe we feel like God is calling us to something new or God is promoting us or, or God is, is moving you into a new job or a new opportunity or a new ministry or a, a whatever. And, and you're nervous because you're like, I don't know if I have what it takes. I, I don't know if I can do it. I don't, I, don't know what if, I don't know if I can afford it, if our family can afford it. What if it's too hard? And the story of Joseph reminds us that those whom God calls, God provides for. If you enter into God's work, you'll be equipped for God's work. God provided for Joseph. He'll provide for you too. And so, where have we been so far? We've seen Joseph's employment. He was a minister. We've seen his education. We've seen his experience. Now we've seen his entrance into this new job, day one. And that brings us to the final part of Joseph's dream job. What were the expectations? Every job is gonna have some kind of job description to go with it, right? That's all the stuff you're supposed to do in the job and you're responsible for. Joseph was no different. He had a job to do. During the seven years of abundance, Joseph collected all the food. He stored it in cities. Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain like the sand of the sea. And when the famine came, then Joseph opened all the storehouses. He sold all the grain to the Egyptians and the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph. What was Joseph's job description? Well, that's kind of Joseph's job description, but here's another way of putting it. Joseph's job description was to feed the hungry, to save the lost, to bring life and hope and healing to a hurting world. I look around this world, I look around this room, I see all sorts of different jobs out there. And all your jobs, of course, have very different job dis descriptions. Some of you work in offices, some of you work at home, some of you work in, in uh, restaurants or schools or hospitals or whatever. And I think God is saying, I want you to do those jobs the very best way you can do them, to the best of your ability. But on top of those jobs and on top of those responsibilities, God has this other job for us that has these other expectations, right? And like Joseph, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to feed the hungry, Right? We're supposed to save the lost. We're supposed to go out and bring life and hope and healing to a hurting world. That's the dream job. Those are the expectations. Or as Jesus would put it later on, he would say, go to the lost. Go to the confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom of God is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchable. Kick out the demons. You've been treated generously, so now live generously. As ministers, you and me, 
who have been employed and empowered by the Holy Spirit, this is the job. But not just any job, like I said at the very beginning. It's the dream job, not because it necessarily fulfills your dream, but because it furthers God's dream. So if that's the job, then let's get to work. You've got a position. You're a minister of God. You've got an education. God is teaching you right now to be faithful. Just be faithful with what you're doing. You've got the experience. God never wastes an experience, the good ones and the bad ones. You've got the job descriptions. The the expectations have been laid out. And heck, you've even already started the job. Baptism was your very first day. So let's go out from this place as a mighty workforce of God, living the dream, but also working toward God's dream. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to rate and review our podcast so that we can continue to spread the good news with others. Today's sermon was taken from the November 19th, 2023 service at Trinity Church Streetsville in Mississauga, Ontario. Come back again next week and thanks for listening.